If you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 10 and 11 tonight. A healthy internet audience tonight. It's good to see everyone tuned in who are watching online. We enjoy seeing you and we count you as a very important part of our service. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, the title of the message tonight is Wisdom's Grand Entrance. Wisdom's Grand Entrance. The past couple of weeks we've been learning about the paths of judgment that God has paid for us to walk in safely throughout our lives. And the preceding verses have been especially encouraging to me, and I'm looking forward to learning all that God has to share with us in these remaining verses of this chapter. And enlarging about what he said about the paths of judgment that God has given us to walk in, Solomon now tells us in verse 10, if you look with me in verse 10, he says, When wisdom entereth thine heart. When wisdom entereth thine heart. Now this scripture is quite marvelous. Because it gives us great insight into how wisdom works in regards to man. When wisdom entereth thine heart. The first thing we learn is that wisdom performs a particular task. What task does wisdom perform? Wisdom enters. It enters. Now, in order for wisdom to enter a particular place, wisdom has to be mobile, doesn't it? It has to be mobile. It has to be able to move from one place to another. To move from outside a particular place and enter inside that place. Wisdom is ambulatory. As Jesus went to Samaria, where he was needed, so wisdom goes where it is needed. I want you to understand that wisdom, I want you to remember that wisdom is unique to God. We've looked at that before. Wisdom belongs to God and to God alone. It's one of his attributes. So wisdom, like God, is holy It's eternal. Wisdom is heavenly. Wisdom is divine, like God. And with that understood, Solomon tells us something that's absolutely amazing about wisdom. He says, wisdom enters your heart. What a marvelous truth for us to chew on for just a little bit. Wisdom enters your heart. Every now and then a piece of space rock will enter the earth's atmosphere from outer space. And, and that rock will become a valuable collection piece because its origin is not of this world. It's simply for that reason. Its origin is not of this world. It's from outer space so it becomes valuable. But when wisdom enters the human heart, it is a far greater treasure. Because like the space rock, 
its origin is not of this world. It's not even from outer space. Wisdom is from God in heaven. I mean, that's literally where it originated from. That's where it came from. That's where it's at. And how wonderful to think that God takes something that is from His heart in heaven itself. And He takes that and He puts it into our heart. It's amazing. How wonderful to think that something heavenly, holy, and divine could reside in your heart and mine. It's been a while since I've seen it. But uh, years ago, my mom and dad went over to the Holy Land. And my mom wanted to know if any kind of souvenir or something she could get me while she was over there. And I said, yes. I said, I want you... When you go to Calvary, I said, get me a little piece of the soil of Calvary. And when you go to the empty tomb, get me a little piece of that soil from there. I want a little piece of Calvary at my house, a little piece of the empty tomb at my home. And I've got them there. And every now and then when I run across them, I'll take them out and I'll look at them. I think, wow, this is where Jesus died. This is where Jesus rose from the dead. And I've got it here. What an amazing piece to think about it. But you know what's far greater than that? Wisdom in my heart. You know? Not not dirt in my hand from such a holy place. But wisdom in my heart from the holiest place of all. That actually is like a piece of God itself residing in me. You see? It's amazing when you think about it. Solomon said, when wisdom enters your heart. But when we consider this joyful truth about wisdom, we have to come to a sad conclusion about our hearts. Notice tonight that this verse begins with the word when. When wisdom enters your heart. You see, if there was a time when wisdom entered your heart, then there had to first be a time when wisdom was not in your heart. That's right. Very well said. If you entered the church auditorium tonight at 7 p.m., then that means you were not in the church auditorium before you entered it. Kind of simple to understand, isn't it? People are the same way when it comes to wisdom. Before wisdom enters the human heart, the heart is first void of wisdom's presence. People are not born wise. People, by the grace of God, must become wise. People are born without wisdom. And there must be a time when heavenly wisdom enters their earthly hearts. But herein lies the question. How exactly does wisdom enter into our hearts? How does that work? What vehicle takes wisdom from the heart of God in heaven and moves it into the heart of man on earth? What does that? What is that vehicle? What's that mode of transportation? 
Faith is wisdom's mode of transportation. Faith carries wisdom from the lofty heights of heaven and deposits that wisdom into the lowly heart of man. We'll repeat that again. Faith carries wisdom from the lofty heights of heaven and deposits that wisdom into the lowly heart of man. Here's how it works. God puts his wisdom, his divine wisdom, his heavenly wisdom into earthly words. It's transformative. He takes his divine heavenly wisdom and he puts that wisdom into the form of earthly words. The proverb that we're reading tonight, right now, for example, is God's wisdom put into the form of words. And God put his wisdom into words, and then Solomon recorded those words, that wisdom in word form, in a book. The book of the Proverbs of Solomon. Okay? So when God puts his wisdom into words... And Solomon records those words in a book. Here's what happened. That got wisdom from heaven to earth. When Solomon, or God takes his wisdom, he puts them into the form of words. He puts them in Solomon's heart. Solomon records them in a book. And now, in the Bible, that takes the wisdom from heaven And brings it down to earth. Make sense? That got wisdom from heaven to earth. And then when I hear. And believe those words. That gets wisdom from the book into me. Make sense? God's wisdom enters my heart when I believe it. For in my heart I acknowledge those words to be true. And now, since I acknowledge in my heart that those words are true, that's where that truth resides, in my heart. So wisdom then, by faith, by me acknowledging the truth of what I heard in that book, has now entered my heart. Everyone see how that works? That's where it resides. That's when wisdom enters your heart, and that's how it works with every aspect of God's wisdom. For example... The Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ, in the gospel message, has been made God's wisdom to us. The gospel is God's wisdom. The gospel is Jesus put into words. So when we believe the gospel, the wisdom of Jesus Christ enters into our hearts. Or our minds, it's the same thing. Heart, mind, same thing. So when we believe the gospel, that wisdom of Christ enters into our hearts where the gospel is believed. I acknowledge the gospel to be true. Now the wisdom of Christ is in my heart where I believe it. When speaking to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, if you're taking notes, Ephesians 3, 17, the apostle Paul said he prayed, quote, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. 
How does the wisdom of God and Jesus Christ dwell in my heart? By faith. By me believing it. The gospel is recorded in the word of God. I believe God's word concerning Christ. And so by faith, Christ dwells in my heart where I believe in him. We are void of God's wisdom at our first birth. But the wisdom of Christ enters our hearts when we believe it. And that is our second birth. So Jesus doesn't enter our hearts, contrary to popular belief, by us asking him to come in. So it says, well, just ask Jesus to come into your, your heart. That's nowhere in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture. Jesus doesn't enter our hearts because we ask him to come in. Christ dwells in our hearts by faith. He enters our hearts when we believe God's word concerning him. So now let's consider what happens when wisdom enters. What occurs when wisdom enters? When wisdom enters, a foolish idea departs. When wisdom enters, a foolish idea departs. Wisdom comes in the front door, foolishness goes out the back door. It has to. Wisdom and foolishness cannot coincide, just as light and darkness don't coincide. You flip the lights on, and the darkness goes away. Let me give you an example. For a person to believe that there is no God, and at the same time to believe that there is a God, that would be impossible, right? Could a person say, yes, there is a God, no, there's not, and genuinely believe both? No, you can't. The two would cancel each other out. The Bible says that to believe there is no God is foolishness. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. So, so that's foolishness. Consequently, to believe that there is a God, well, that would be wisdom, right? So for the wisdom of the truth of God's existence to enter into an atheist's heart, the foolishness of denying God's existence must depart. Make sense? For the wisdom of the truth of God's existence to enter into an atheist's heart, the foolishness of him denying God's existence must depart. In the moment the atheist changes his mind about God, whether he exists or not, the moment that atheist changes his mind and says, you know what? I was wrong. There is a God at that moment. That's when wisdom enters that atheist heart. The wisdom of God's existence. Which by faith. Right. We're led from faith to faith. Right. Once he believes there is a God. Then he can believe what God says about his son. But he can't believe in Christ until he believes in God. Right. But the moment he changes his mind about God, that's when the wisdom of God enters his heart. And the atheist changing his mind about God is called repentance. You see? Repentance. Because he changed from believing one way about God to now believing the way God says, what God says about himself. His mind has changed about the subject of God's existence. 
when wisdom enters your heart, Solomon says. What happens when wisdom enters your heart? That is the time of repentance. That is repentance. Because for wisdom to enter your heart, foolish ideas have to depart from it. In other words, there is a change of mind. With the gaining of biblical understanding, there is the loss of the former misunderstanding that we have. So repentance is the time when my mind changes on a particular matter. Whatever that matter is. And then my mind comes into agreement with God. Make sense? And while Solomon is on the subject of wisdom entering our hearts, he now decides to enrich the idea by adding to the above phrase, Solomon says, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, look back in your text, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. That comes with repentance. In Romans one twenty-eight. The Apostle Paul said that fools do, quote, not like to retain God in their knowledge. The knowledge of God is not pleasant to their soul. They don't like to retain God in their knowledge. They don't want to think about God. The knowledge of God is not pleasant to their souls. But when wisdom enters into their hearts, the knowledge of God will be pleasant to their souls. Their attitude about God will change. And they will begin to value what God has to say. God's word will please them. Boy, I I, want to know God's word. God's word's pleasing to me. And if God's word doesn't please someone, it's simply because their attitude, their heart's attitude toward the word of God will not allow God's wisdom to enter in. It's that simple. But if their attitude were to ever change, and if they were to ever accept God's word as the authority for their lives, then God's word would ensure that God's plan for their lives would be fulfilled. Solomon said, if you have the wisdom of God, look in verse 11, discretion shall preserve thee. Discretion shall preserve thee. Now, if you would take your pens and underscore that word discretion. Discretion. If you have room in the margin of your Bible outside the word discretion, right in the margin of your Bible, a well thought out plan. That's what it means in the Greek. A well thought out plan. I love to plan. I don't know about you. I love to plan. One of the best practical pieces of advice that I've ever heard is this. I've used it for young people. I've used it for problem solving. It applies in all areas of your life. I'm going to give it to you and it's absolutely free. Find a plan that works and then work that plan. How many of y'all ever heard that advice before? How many of y'all haven't heard it? Boy, you're, you're welcome to the club. You know it now. Find a plan that works and then work that plan. I heard that when I was in my 20s and I thought, that makes so much sense. 
When you're a young person, you don't know what direction to go. Okay, here's what we'll do. I'll get a plan that works. If I do A, B, C, and D, this will give me success in this financial area or in this area or the ability to be able to provide for a household. That is a plan that works. Now, what do I do? I just work that plan. I carry that plan out. It's a great piece of advice. Somebody said once that if you fail to plan, then you what? You plan to fail. That's simple. Well, here's the neat thing about all this. When God's word is pleasant to your soul, when God's wisdom enters into your heart, a well thought out plan will preserve you. Discretion will keep you. You see, God's word, Solomon is saying here, is a well thought out plan for our lives. Wow. God's word is a plan that works. And if you will work that plan, it will preserve you. It will never, ever fail. You know, the only time I've really, really been disappointed in my life when it comes to God's word is when I have failed to follow it. (laughs) That's it. That's the only time. I have never followed God's word. And in the end, thought to myself, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Not one time. I have, however, failed to follow God's word and thought to myself, boy, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I'd have stuck with God's word. But God's word is discretion. It's wisdom put into words. And and that wisdom is discretion. It's a well thought out plan for your life. And if you will believe that plan, get a plan that works, and then work that plan that God has given you in His Word, that well thought out plan will preserve you. It will protect you. It will keep you. It will ensure that you are successful at the right things. It says it will preserve you. Look back in the text. And understanding shall keep thee. Understanding shall keep thee. Take your pen and underscore the word preserve. Now underscore the word keep. Now, if you would, look back with me in verse 8, please, where we studied last week. And if you'll look back with me in verse 8, you're going to see that these are the same words used to describe the paths of God's judgment that He pays for us to walk. Do you see that? Look in Proverbs 2.8. Solomon says, He keepeth, there's one of them, He keepeth the paths of judgment, and here's the second one, and preserveth the way of his saints. Aha! Now let's put the two together. A good, biblical, logical deduction. God keeps the paths of judgment. He preserves the way of his saints. And then we see here that uh, when we accept the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God, discretion shall preserve us, understanding shall keep us. 
What do we learn about that? We learn that God's paths of judgment in his word are paths of discretion. They're not just... Tammy today, she got on the treadmill. That belt just goes round and round and round. She ran three miles and didn't get anywhere. You know. You go to a jogging track. You go round and round and round. You can run ten miles and not go anywhere. You were to walk the streets of my neighborhood. Round the block, round the block. You can walk all the miles you want. You won't go anywhere but round and round. But God's paths of judgment, they're not, it's not just a track for you to walk around on. It's a path that will lead you. It's a well thought out plan that will take you the direction God wants you to go. And your destination will be the will of God for your life. Last week we learned about the fenced streets in God's neighborhood that are safely patrolled by God, safely kept by God. We learned that when we walk according to the word of God, we are kept by the wisdom of that word. And now Solomon is emphasizing once again the importance of us being hedged about and safely kept by the grace of God. But in this verse, Solomon is giving us more insight Into the streets God paved for our travel. Solomon says discretion. The well thought out plan of God shall keep you. God's word is not just a bunch of religious obligations. It is a plan that has been thought out from the very beginning. To the very end. Jesus asked this question. What? What man of you would set out to build a tower and not think of how much it's going to cost for him to build it? You think, well, I'll build a tower. That'd be a great idea. You think, well, okay, guys, let's go. Let's order all the parts we need here. Let me hire this crew right here. That would be planning the beginning. But who would do that and not think, how am I going to meet payroll Friday? How am I going to pay for the, the, the parts, the, the, you know, the, the, the building materials when they come in? That's not thinking it through. But God's word is a plan that's been thought out from beginning to end. I'm glad that the Bible begins with in the beginning. And I'm glad that it ends with the revelation that tells us how it all comes to pass. He's thought it out. From beginning to end. And then we learned Sunday morning that, that his wisdom, his, his plan was before the world ever began, before time ever began. Remember that? It's all thought out. It's a turnkey deal. It's a plan with a known, guaranteed, successful outcome for everyone who follows it. What a deal. The streets God gave us to walk on are not tracks that take us in circles. They're trails that that take us to the fulfillment of God's plan for our lives. And so here's the deduction that we can make from all of this tonight. Walk in the path of God and you will fulfill the plan of God.
for your life. And we'll repeat that again. Walk in the path of God. And you will fulfill the plan of God for your life. I've taught on this before. And here it is once again so plain. People say, I wonder what God's will is for me. Had a man ask me one time. He was a member of my church years ago. Not this church, a different church. And I couldn't get him to come to church faithfully. (laughs) Couldn't get him to come to Sunday school. Couldn't get him to do the basic things he needed to do. Yet he got with me one night. He said, you know, I just feel. I just feel that God's got this special ministry he wants me to do. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. And I said, I said, well, I said, how about start by doing what you know to do, you know, (laughs) start there and then let God just work it out from there. But I promise you this, you can get involved in any kind of ministry you want. You can get involved, you can start a ministry, you can do whatever you want to do. But if you're not walking that well thought out plan of God's word. If you're not taking heed to God's word. You will never fulfill the plan God has for you. You will be busy in church. You will be busy throughout life. You will feel the sense of fulfillment. Never confuse busyness for fulfillment. Never confuse Being occupied, your time being occupied for the will of God being fulfilled in your life. That's the devil's trick. Staying busy and being involved in church does not mean you're fulfilling God's plan for your life. A lot of people in church are successful at the wrong things. And they'll live and die never knowing and fulfilling what God has for them. So don't look for a ministry and try to be good in that ministry. Start by doing what you know God wants you to do in His Word. And then understand that as you walk that path, it's not a track that takes you round in circles and just wears you out. It is discretion. It's a well thought out plan. Just follow the Word of God. Do what God's word tells you to do. And as you do it, his plan will naturally unfold as you live out his word. It will happen. I didn't plan on being a preacher. I didn't. I said I would never, after I became a Christian, y'all know my story. I preached some before I was saved. Man, after I became a Christian, I said I'll never preach again. I am done with that. That's what I said. I'm done with that. And I meant it. Not that I didn't want to do God's word. I just thought, man, I, I, I had no place where I was. And, and uh, that's not what God wants for me. So I was done with that. But as I just followed God's word, just trying to be a good Christian. That's all I wanted to be was a good Christian. I began to see a need. And as I saw that need. I began to realize that God had given me the the gift to be able to meet a need. 
I thought, well, if I can meet a need, I should meet a need. He that knoweth to do good, and, or, or withhold not good from him, with whom it, uh, to whom it is due, what is in the power of thine hand to do it. That's what the Bible says, what well, is in the power of my hand to do it, so I did it. I had biblical knowledge, I gave it away. And next thing you know, I realize, this is what God has me to do. But I never set out to do it. I just set out to be a good Christian, whatever, whatever that meant. But if you will walk in the path of God, that discretion, then you will fulfill the plan of God for your life. And God willing, next week, Solomon's going to begin telling us about those people who stray from that path of discretion that God has laid out for them. And oh, is it sad when we begin to listen to what Solomon says. And for many of us, if it's not something that you have personally experienced in your life by straying off from God's path of discretion, then it'll be something that you know someone has done. Unless you're real young and you haven't experienced it yet, you'll think, ah, some, you know, your memory will bring someone to mind. You'll think, yep, I remember when this person or that person did this. And boy, how that fits in with the Word of God. And it's sad to see the unnecessary damage and sorrow that's brought upon the human life when that person strays from the path of God's judgment. With that, we'll go ahead and stop tonight and take back up where we left off next week. I tell you what, though, I am glad to know that when I step in the Word of God, I'm not going around in circles. I'm going the direction God wants me to go. And that means I'm going to end up where God wants me to be. I can come to the end of my life. You know what Paul said at the end of his life? He said, I finished my what? My course. My course. Isn't that neat how it all ties together? What was that course? It was that well thought out plan. What did he do? He just tried to fulfill God's word the best he knew how. And on the road to Damascus, he he ran into Jesus. And then Jesus just took it from there. And that's all he's asking us to do as well. Father, we thank you for your precious word. I pray, Lord, that we will be faithful. That that your knowledge, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of your word will be pleasant to us. That we'll want to learn your word. That will set our feet on your paths of judgment. And be able to say with the Apostle Paul. At the end of our lives. I have finished my course. What a beautiful thing to be able to say. God don't let us come short. I pray. Of finishing our course. And I pray for the young people here today. That you will set their feet on the right course. And help them not to depart from it. And help the older people here today to not stray from it in the latter days as, as so many people did in the Bible, Lord, who did good in the beginning, but like Solomon, who wrote these words, strayed somewhat in the end and went in foolish ways. And Father, Lord, we just pray you'll hold our feet to your word and let us finish our course to the glory of Jesus Christ. In his precious name we pray. Amen.